Hello, med students. My name is Zach Olson, and today is episode C, Circulation. It is sadly the third and final episode in our series about the approach to a crashing patient. Now, from the beginning, my goal has been to teach you a calm, immediate, and methodical A, B, C approach so that you can control literally any situation and really impress your attendings when you're on your shifts. So far, we talked about airway, how intubation doesn't actually have to be the first step, and how what you should really be thinking is suction and move the tongue. We talked about breathing, how you can fix hypoxia just by adding FiO2 and PEEP. And now is the final episode, circulation in 60 seconds. I want to give a special shout out to my attending, Dr. Silverman. He actually taught me this, gave a lecture on this in conference, and inspired this whole episode. So I really appreciate it, Dr. Silverman. I still have never actually heard a better summary of this topic. So let's get started. In this episode, there is one thing I want you to understand. Circulation is tank, clogged pipes, broken pipes, pump. Tank, clogged pipes, broken pipes, pump. Say it with me. Tank, clogged pipes, broken pipes, pump. So your patient is crashing and you're not quite sure why. But airway, check. Breathing, check. But uh uh-oh, you notice they're a little bit tachycardic. Their blood pressure is a little bit low. Their skin is white and just sick looking. It's time to address circulation. And I promise you, it is so easy. Tank, clogged pipes, broken pipes, pump. Hypovolemic shock, obstructive shock, distributive shock, cardiogenic shock. Those are the fancy but overly confusing terms that cover all of C, circulation. I love talking about this. How do we do this? Step one, tank. You have to fill the tank. Get an IV, bolus some fluids, do it now. Just go ahead and squeeze the bag because you look super cool when you squeeze a bag of fluids. Bolus every patient with circulation issues right away. Because the worst, worst case scenario is that the patient maybe has a pump problem and then they get a little pulmonary edema, but that's actually pretty easy to fix. But if you don't fill the tank, they will die. Your priority is filling the tank. The A, B, Cs come first. Next, step two, the clogged pipes. Now this part is actually really tricky. This is probably the hardest step in all of circulation. There are only three causes of obstructive shock of clogged pipes. Tamponade, tension pneumothorax, and pulmonary embolism. And the theme with all of these is that they're actually pretty easy to fix, but they're really hard to diagnose. So I at least want you to consider for step two, I want you to consider cardiac tamponade, and if you need to do pericardiosynthesis. I want you to consider tension pneumothorax, and if you need to do needle decompression slash chest tube. And I need you to consider if this is a pulmonary embolism. Maybe they just had a sudden onset shortness of breath right before they got unstable. Do you need to give this person thrombolytics? Now next, step three, broken pipes. It is not uncommon for the pipes to get all floppy and leaky for a variety of reasons. These are your distributive shocks, sepsis, anaphylaxis, neurogenic shock. And the key with all of these is that you have to wrap these pipes up really tight and squeeze them back together. And it is so simple because we have drugs that squeeze things. They are called pressors. 
And at this point, as med students, it probably doesn't even matter which presser you are choosing because all pressers press things, and this will fix the pipe. Epinephrine, norepinephrine, phenylephrine. I would say that norepi is probably the most popular from a pure pipes perspective, but those are three of your most common options. Choose whichever one for your plan and order it, and it'll be started in probably a few minutes while you're kind of going through the last couple steps. And then finally, step four, pump. You need to get an EKG and identify pump problems, heart problems, STEMI, arrhythmia. Those are probably the two most common causes of acute cardiogenic shock. And they're actually pretty straightforward to fix, a little bit difficult, but they either go to the cath lab or you start zapping them. So let's just summarize all of this. Tank, clogged pipes, broken pipes, pump. Fluids, consider the clogs, pressors, EKG. Now it's been a minute or so. Staff are coming to the rescue. There's a full airway cart getting rolled in, a vent, some advanced drugs. You have controlled the crisis, controlled the situation, and you can take a deep breath. You saved the patient's life. Good job. Now, sometimes these steps don't actually cut it. They aren't quite doing the trick. And this is when you really get to do the fun stuff. This is the emergency medicine doctor stuff. Crikes, retrograde intubations, vent management, transvenous pacing, ECMO. Some other time, I promise. But you have to start with the basics. A, B, C. Now I'm going to review everything from the top one more time. Your patient is crashing. He is white. He just stopped vomiting and seizing. He is actively pooping bright red blood, and he is completely unconscious. The O2 percentage is 75%. His blood pressure is 70 over 30, and his wife is the scariest malpractice attorney from your city, and coincidentally, the mother of your favorite program's program director. And she is escorted into the room by the CEO of the hospital, let's say, And Joint Commission happens to be there, and they're pulling out their clipboard and checking their boxes and taking their notes. And then to make matters even worse, all of the Med 3s were touring the department for fun, and then they walk by, and it looks exciting. They start staring at you and watching you. And then your attending walks in, and he smiles, and insert your name here. What do you want to do? From the top, eight total steps. Airway. One, you need to suction. He just vomited. You need to establish airway. Step two, head tilt, chin lift, jaw thrust. The airway cart will be here in a minute or two. And even if you were able to intubate him now, he's so unstable that you might actually kill him. So just focus on moving that posterior portion of the tongue. Then you're going to breathing. Step three, add FiO2. Throw on that bag valve mask, seal it down, crank up the oxygen, and fix that hypoxia. Step four, peep. Now, if the hypoxia isn't getting fixed, you're going to need to either intubate him or add BiPAP. You can't usually add PEEP right away, but when the airway cart comes and the patient is somewhat more stable but still hypoxic, go ahead and intubate him or add BiPAP and turn up the PEEP. Now, while you're working on that, you're going to move on to circulation. Step five, tank. Fluids, fluids, fluids. Squeeze that bag, fill up the tank. Step six, clogged pipes. You need to consider tamponade, tension pneumothorax, and pulmonary embolism. They're easy to fix, but hard to diagnose. Step seven, the broken pipes. He's still hypertensive. Even though the tank is full, maybe he's septic or has some sort of distributive shock. You need to squeeze those pipes back together. Order pressors. I recommend norepinephrine. 
And then step eight, pump. You need an EKG to rule out STEMI and dysrhythmia, and then go down those paths if necessary. That wraps up this series, eight steps total. If you truly understand these eight steps and when to implement them, and if you have the ability to take a deep breath and go A, B, C, in a chaotic situation, you can literally control any situation in 60 seconds or less. I really hope you found this podcast helpful. I loved making these last three episodes. I really did. If you found it helpful, please pass it along to another medical student. Otherwise, until next time, Keep working hard, keep studying, and be sure to enjoy your shift.